are now entering the fifth dimension. Welcome back, you weirdos, to another episode of the Fifth Dimension Podcast. My name is Juan, your host, and over there is my acquaintance, my friend, my brother, my also, uh, our, what do you call that when, when you're in cahoots with somebody? Your partner in crime. Yeah, that's that's my partner in crime. Partner in crime, yeah. Yeah, what's up, you fucking weirdos? Welcome back. In our last episode, we rated Taylor Swift's album Red, which we solemnly said we would do. We kept our promise, and here we are. So hopefully some of you didn't get too offended about our Taylor Swift music ratings, uh, and we we hopefully came away with an unbiased type of review. Man, fuck that, bro. I think we were fair with that review. Um, you think so? I'll recap. Was that? Yeah, you think so? <laughs> I think so. I mean, let All me right. recap our review for the right, for listeners out there. Uh, so we recapped Taylor Swift's uh, Red album, and in my opinion... Uh, it has, a, I think Taylor has a better sound with country pop. You know, she has a better sound with a country pop rock mix than just, um, than just pop by itself. So that's, that's just me. We oh, Luis, now come on, come on. Don't, don't ask for the Swifty fandom to come after us. Bro, hey, you know what? Hey, I'm not going to let up. Fuck them. Listen. We, we reviewed the entire album and concluded that Taylor Swift's album Red is fucking mid. Six out of ten. Would not recommend. You? I don't know, man. I mean, it wasn't too bad for me. Uh, but I must have you know, the Swifties may not like you after all of this. Um, because that's the thing about fandoms, right? Devoted fans will defend their thing to the death. Fuck that. Listen. Listen, the Swifties can rage all they want. Let me remind them that I do listen to Taylor Swift songs. And as it so happens, I enjoy the Speak Now album more than any other. I find that most of the album's songs are in my playlists. Uh, you know, we're not alien to Taylor Swift's music. We're not saying we don't like Taylor Swift. But what we are saying, or what I'm saying, is that the Red album is mid. And personally, it's just not for me. Yes, agreed. I think we listened to the album and came to this conclusion, gave it our rating, right? Uh, you gave it a six. I think I would came away with a seven or a seven and a half. Um, yeah. And I think everyone can respect that. Uh, but dude, you said something earlier when you said alien, just so happens to segue beautifully into this next conversation about uh, UFO and aliens, man. UFO and aliens. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, yes, what's... So what's what is it about a UFO and aliens? What are we talking yeah, about here? I've always found this topic of extraterrestrial life fascinating. I mean, don't you? You know, as a kid, I was fascinated with alien life and shit like that. But let's just make something clear. When you say extraterrestrial life, are you associating that? Are you associating that with like UFOs too or something? Because uh, there is a difference. Some people mix up the two and that causes a lot of confusion, man. So I think we really need to lay out the uh, definitions for our audience because, yeah, people can um, 
they they use UFO and alien life interchangeably as if both are related. But when you yeah. talk about UFO, we talked about we we're talking about the more publicly accepted term of UFO as an un, unidentified flying object, whereas an ET or an extraterrestrial is the intelligent life itself. Uh, yeah. And I think people tend to convolute both uh, and say, well, evidence of UFO is the uh, evidence of ET, which the, the, we've, we're recently learning that that could be incorrect. Um, but yeah. So let me just get something straight. What is it about this, about UFOs and aliens? What is it that really fascinates you, dude? Is it, uh, oh shit, dude, dude. Is it because you had an alien encounter as a kid? Do you remember that? You know what? It, I, I will, I will counter you and say, our parents had family members. I don't know if you remember this. They had family members share tapes with them over mail, and they would watch the the OVNI videos on on the Mexican channels. Uh, oh yeah, and and there was a little bit of fascination for me on that. That, that like magic imagination ran wild. I think that was my first time experiencing a sleep paralysis, and to me, they came across as little green men with red eyes. So. Um, yeah, man, that, that's what I remember. I'm, I'm surprised you remember it. Yeah, dude. Uh, well, shit, I remember you telling me the, uh, that story when uh, one night you saw a little green man at the foot of your bed and that you were yeah, scared yeah, yeah. and, and that, that the little green man at the foot of your bed, uh, it was looking at you and then it just ran away and, and it vanished as it did down the hallway, you know? That's, uh, so that was wonders, some scary like, stuff, what was, man. That, what was that all about, man? Like, why did you, like, what happened there? So to be perfectly honest, I, I rem vaguely remember this. I was, that was my very first time experiencing sleep paralysis upon like reflection and thinking about like, well, I really didn't see green little men, but this was right. A combination of family being kind of uh, on the, on the like curious end of ovnis or UFOs uh, in English. And we were curious about alien life. Uh, I remember even watching like Primer Impacto and, and all of the, uh, stuff that they covered about the paranormal that that blended off in for me so my first experience with uh, sleep paralysis I think I projected little green men was it was it really sleep paralysis or was it just your imagination gone wild it could be my imagination just running wild too could be absolutely but uh, that is not just a solitary experience I think you've had some experiences in that too right I'm not alone in this uh, no, you're definitely not alone uh, when it comes to this kind of like weird shit happening. Dude, I remember as a teen, shit, I remember having these horrifying nightmares about aliens and monsters. And on one occasion, I was alone in my room, right? As it just happens to be. And out of nowhere, I noticed these, these orbs of light, right? Uh, they, were probably the si they were probably the size of a small radio, you know? Mm. And uh, so they came, th these orbs of light came down by the window and they manifested themselves around the bedroom window and phased through the window and floated by my closet, right? And, as, and just as soon as they arrived, they disappeared. And the Whoa. best the way, yeah, man, it's fucking weird, dude. It was weird. I tripped me out. And the best I can describe them, the best I can describe it is that they were looked, they looked like fuzzy fuzzy white light orbs man it was strange shit bro you know what there are observations around the world about strange orbs electrical orbs and all of this it happens around the world but i wonder 
if yours is more of a phenomenon that was a, a figment of your imagination or a projection of your imagination, something that you were, might be seeing or a light that was penetrating through. So it could be a, a bunch of different explanations. But I wonder if those strange light orbs would be considered UFOs. Um, I, you know, I think they are classified as UFOs. Uh, you know, here's a little bit of history lesson for you. Fighter pilots in World War II reported seeing these kind of glowing orbs that used to fly next to them or follow them. Really? Uh, the pilots in World War II used to call these light orbs Foo Fighters. Foo they, Fighters. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's how that band got their name. You know what? Strangely enough, I, I read uh, Dave Grohl's uh, book, his uh, his autobiography, yeah. and he mentions alien life and all of this and the inspiration to the band's name. So just funny that you brought that up. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I read that too somewhere, and I think I think we might have read or uh, read the same excerpt or something. But I, I saw that and I was like, you know, I got to share that, and uh, you know. I really couldn't tell you, man. That was a strange, that was such a strange experience for me, just seeing that. But do you want to hear another strange-ass story? All right, man, go for it. What's this other strange story? Dude, did you ever hear about Martha's green hand, green foot incident? Did Martha have gangrene or is she about to have her foot or the hand amputated? No, no, no. It was none, it's none of that, man. It's none of that. Well, this has must have happened something like during when I went away to college. Or something because I don't know what what happened. Well, as the story goes, uh, one night while Martha was in the middle room, you know that one room in the middle where Fernando's. Well, it later became Fernando's room, right? Martha looked okay. outside the window. Uh, from Martha's account, she looked outside the window because she felt something was looking at her, and noticed that there was a green hand and green foot sticking out of sticking out of the tree. You know, this was at night. Oh, so damn. she's like, "What the hell is that?" Yeah, and I think it was the tire swing tree by the house. Anyway, so there's a lot of spooky stuff surrounding that house, man. That it could be devoted in in its own episode. Yeah, it really could. But uh, so it was by that swing tree, uh, that's the tire swing tree. And anyway, according to Martha, it seemed that a green hand and green foot were playing like a -a peekaboo game with her. Right. So a green hand, a green hand would pop out and then. retreat its uh, arm and then a green foot would pop out its leg and foot and then go back in and then to cap it all off and to cap it all off she says that at the very end a giant eyeball manifested itself in the middle of the tire swing and it just looked around like it was just looking around everywhere crazy shit right that is bro that is crazy indeed uh again like i like i said that Clovis house has always had that sense of outer and of the supernatural um because we, we all have different experiences with that man I remember I remember being in the Clovis house one night uh you you all had gone to dinner I, I think I just came back from band practice or a band trip and everybody you all had just gone to dinner and you're getting some stuff to eat and so I was waiting bro mm-hmm. the 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 silence in that house is I, I classify it as supernatural because the silence is I've been in silent recording rooms. I've been in rooms where it's super, super quiet, where your ears get, you know, like they, your your body starts trying to feel like, is there sound here? Yeah. No, the Clovis house has a different feeling of silence. And that's what's spooky about it. Definitely, man. I think it always has, even to this day, bro, to this day. To this day. Uh, to this day. But we have to consider how 
we have to consider how or why we witness such things, you know? And we can't have this discussion without bringing media into it, you know? No, you're right. Uh, you're right. I would like to say maybe movies and shows like E.T., the Extraterrestrial, Flight of the Navigator, you know, and that little uh, quirky show, Alf, have a way of making anyone... Wait, 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 wait. Alf, the, the, the weird, quirky alien that makes jokes at the family's expense, that Alf. That Alf. Bruh. Yes. So, I mean, things like that have a way of just uh, making anyone imagine a universe filled with complex life okay. and of unexplainable technology, right? I mean, I've read articles where reputable scientists say that the chances of intelligent life should be high in the vastness that is the, the deep expanse of space. Yeah. But we run into this into nothingness every single time. Uh, it really causes the, the scientific community to go, well, no one's out there or, or is there? I think you're describing, it seems like you're describing the Fermi paradox, man. You know what? Uh, yes, for all our listeners, the Fermi paradox uh, basically get, gets the gist of uh, if we're an intelligent life looking for other intelligent life, shouldn't it be out there, right? Like it asks the question, where is everybody? If, if, if we are advanced as we are and we can listen to radio waves, we can see radio waves using certain uh, spectrograms, why, why haven't we found anybody? It's, it's, it's that calling out of like, where is everybody? So Yeah, I don't know, man. I think I'm like Scully from the X-Files, you know? Yeah. I, I, I strongly want to believe that there's something out there, you know, in the universe. Certainly, yeah. Uh, but every time I think about it, now, right? If I were an, if I was an alien, I wouldn't want to visit this fucking primitive planet. Oh no! Yeah, I'd destroy it, bro. I'd destroy this piece of shit. You are very cynical, Luis. Very, very cynical. I think uh, other aliens may feel differently from you. That some may say, you know what, this this planet doesn't have much to live on le uh, left. And then there's maybe hopeful ones that say, you know what, give it a little bit more chance. Maybe they're still working a, a few few of the uh, kinks out in that civilization, bro. Bro, if there's fucking aliens that think like you, bro, there's there's Juan aliens out there thinking that everything's positive and there's like a, a positive, optimistic spin to things, bro, just kill us now. <laughs> I think that's what works in our dynamic, man. We could we could definitely look at the most cynical part, but also look at the most positive part. But that's what makes this work. Um, but the, but more back to the point, right? We, we do have a variety of theories and various theories that uh, float about. Uh, yeah. The Fermi paradox is just one of many. Uh, again, the Fermi paradox asking, where is everybody? To the zoo hypothesis, man. Have you heard about that one? Wait, 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 wait. Uh, I'm not familiar with uh, the zoo hypothesis. I, I've heard about the Fermi paradox because I've read, uh, um, I, I saw it on one of Carl Sagan's books. He mentions mm -hmm. the paradox. So I'm familiar with that one, but I'm not familiar with the zoo hypothesis. Can you explain that? Yeah, the, so the zoo hypothesis explains that the possibility of alien life could be out there, but they're treating us as we were in a zoo, that we are the, the animals that they're observing. They're keeping their distance and observing us from afar. Hmm. So we're just like little dangerous beasts, huh? Possibly, like the rhinoceros or the giraffe or, or any, any animal in the zoo. You know, I was going to say, I was just going to say that all these accounts of aliens and UFOs and shit like that, are just fucking speculation, right? They could be, yeah. But now that you tell me about the zoo hypothesis, um, I think it, I think it makes things make a little bit more sense to me. 
or at okay. least that it fits that piece of the jigsaw puzzle for me. But I don't know, man. I'm not quite sold on it. Uh, that's still not enough evidence to convince me. Uh, I think Carl Sagan was right when he said that um, all this alien and UFO evidence is just dubious and soft at best. It's soft evidence, man. Absolutely. And, and to bounce off your soft evidence uh, spot, uh, I'll just say there have been traces of circumstantial evidence that point to possible life outside of our own world. Well, when I think of outside, when I think of life outside of Earth, I think simple organisms, right? Maybe single cells, maybe even more simpler than that, but definitely nothing humanoid or complex, right? Okay. I, I, like I mean, but you also got to understand, right? Like we haven't fully examined the entirety of our universe. That's true. The, the, the parts that we did examine are a quarter of a less than 1% of the entirety of the universe, which sa still says a lot, right? Like we, we, we've only explored a little fraction of it. Just a fraction. Um, but absolutely, soft is very, very accurate. Uh, one piece of evidence that I think the audience may or may not know about is the wow signal back in 1977. Do you know about that one? Yeah, I read about it. It came out on the, I read that also in one of Sagan's books. So for the for those who are not familiar, the wow signal in 1977, the satellites picked up a very strange rogue signal from one part of the expanse of the universe. And uh, this signal registered pretty, pretty high uh, where, where the satellite was pointing. Uh, unfortunately, that satellite, that, that that satellite, that signal never showed up ever again, uh, even though they pointed it in the same direction. They've been listening in the same areas, but that satellite never or that satellite never uh, picked up that signal ever again. Uh, so there, there was speculation that it could be outside interference or our atmosphere. Uh, but at the time, it's believed that we did pick up an alien signal. We just don't know what it was. Um, and it could be that. Yeah. Again, it's just it's very it's very soft evidence, you know. But then you also look at the shared trauma that many uh, alleged victims have about alien abduction, uh, a la fire in the sky. Uh, so alien abduction reports. Oh, it all seems to point oh, to a type God. of presence. No. That fucking movie, bro. Oh my God, that movie. Tell me about it, bro. It, it scarred me for it. life. <laughs> it traumatized the fuck out of us. Um, I cannot watch that movie, bro. I. I Watching it once, that was enough for me. I couldn't bring myself to watch it again. I I watched it at least two or three times. I don't know how you do. How? Look, look, how? This, the first time we watched it was in, in El Paso, right? When we were living yeah. in El Paso. That traumatized the shit out of us. The second time I, I watched it, I watched it by myself to see, man, like, hey, you know, it was a movie back in the day. It scared me. I got to get over this, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, when they went to that scene where they were just covering him in goo and stuff, and they were just... I guess probing him and shit. No, I mean, no, no. That got me nauseous, bro. I mean, that whole <laughs> scene was just fucking wild. That shit was nuts. That shit was crazy. Crazy. And uh, but yeah, I mean, I think we should also consider, and it's very important to stay level-headed when it comes to things like this. You know, uh, when it comes to alien abduction stories, you'll remember when I suggested that everyone should read uh, Carl Sagan's book, The Demon Haunted World. Mm -hmm. uh, a candle in the, in the, in the darkness. Uh, and in that book, Sagan discusses alien life, alien technology, alien abductions, and things like that. And he concludes that these abduction stories are hallucinations. You know, uh, it could be 
hallucinations, you're seeing things, sleepwalking, uh, or dreams, or even shared dreams, or even sleep paralysis. And this is where I first uh, saw the word sleep paralysis, and I was like, yo, you know, maybe this is what we, this is maybe this is what we went through when we were kids, you know, when we saw these things. Uh, and Sagan suggests that the issue lies in pathology, man. Mm, okay. And that being said, that reminds me of when mom, when mom and dad first bought the Clovis house, dude. Do, mm-hmm. do you remember the day, that day when Jose and I stayed there to take care of our boxes and furniture? Man, vaguely. Uh, what happened? So, okay, so we were there to take care of the boxes and furniture while we were moving, right? While the rest of you returned to Portales for the rest of our stuff, right? And um, once everyone left, Jose and I stayed, right? And we were in the living room. We were just, sit, I guess, sitting there just talking. And after a while, we heard someone's footsteps walking down the hallway, dude. And these, these were heavy footsteps, you know? The, like unmistakable, like someone was unmistakable, there. Unmistakable, the clunk, clunk, clunk type of footsteps. Okay. You know, we looked at each other and fucking we just booked it outside, bro. We could not stay in there. Uh, you know, we were thinking that there was someone inside the house. And so we just decided to climb the old tree that was beside the house and stay on the roof. And that's what we did. So, oh, man, I remember that. I do remember so that. We, we, we got on the roof and we were just sitting there planning to ambush the intruder as soon as they got out of the house. Right. But that never happened. There was no intruder. You know, we went back down after maybe 20 or 30 minutes and we, you know, we, we, we grew the courage and inspected the house, uh, but no one was there. You know, we did what Sagan was alluding to. We jumped to conclusions without, without having any sense of logical reasoning or, uh, you know, any type of level-headedness. I think that is in itself one, right? It, you were young, so that can be forgiven. I think yeah. uh, being children, we fill in the gaps of what we think we know. Um, and I want to venture up. Remember, dad and mom just bought this house, right? So this house was probably still settling with uh, six people now uh, filling f- filling in. So my my brain immediately goes, immediately goes to, like, and not to discount your story, because any, any number of things could have been happening. Yeah, I, I tend to think the house was settling. And it was trying to adjust for six people because I think previously there were only three owners. Eight people, eight people. Oh, eight people, eight people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight people, including mom and dad. So now the house is having to adjust. So all of this movement and and creaking and clunk, 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 right? That could be in my, in my brain. That's like, that probably is more, more than likely what happened. Yeah. You know, that's probably what did happen. But again, you know, we were kids and what we lit, what we thought we heard was the, unmistakable sound of you know footsteps just right know, that, right right that's and what you heard is just unmistakable and, and you gotta also remember right media influenced kind of our decisions how to process and how to react because uh again media is crazy maybe you thought you were in a in a scene of, of home alone maybe <laughs> a home alone movie huh likely hey, look look now that I think about it, when we were up there in the fucking roof, I don't know what the fuck we were thinking, but I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe uh, you know, our imaginations got the best of us and we just fucking booked it and got on top of the, we got on top of the roof and we we're just thinking that we were going to jump the sky. But uh, right, yeah, I mean, right. it's, 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 it's strange shit, really. 
Absolutely. But unlike your mysterious intruder, though, it seems like the U.S. government right now has acknowledged the existence of the UFO phenomenon. And you know what? I think they're calling it APIs or what are they calling it now? They're not calling it UFOs because they feel like that that term is too mainstream. I think the new term is AEP or some shit like that. Mm, Okay. Have you been have you been keeping up with all this alien stuff on social media? I mean, a little bit. Some of the TikToks you've been sending me. Uh, yeah, so there's like a there was a conference that happened about a month or two ago. We were talking about uh, some agents agencies were talking about um, ETs and uh, UFOs and or now AEPs disclosures. Um, but I hate to say, it, man, like all this is everything that they just said is stuff that people already know, right? It's not new. Mm, not so new to information. Me, this, to me, this disclosure is just like a form of distraction, you know. You know what, since you brought it up, I I was very skeptical. But since looking at these uh, reports, either people are starved for national attention, uh, and this was the quickest way to do it, because, man, you got to remember, Balloon Boy, uh, even before that, people trying to get some sort of national attention to themselves. Bat Boy. uh, Bat Boy. I I, I think of the White House wedding uh, crashers, that that, uh, the the couple that uh, weren't invited to the White House but somehow ended up in the White House. Uh, Mm. I think of these folks that are starved for national attention, and that's maybe what they're going for. Dude, did you listen to the Las Vegas uh, alien incident, the one that just happened? No, uh, I, I listened to a little bit. I think I, I saw the TikTok that you might have sent. So according to, and I saw it on TikTok too, right? According to these TikTok reports, um, some guys in Las Vegas uh, reported a 10-foot alien in their backyard, right? 10-foot alien. Jeez, that's yeah, huge. They, they, they saw a flashing light, and uh, the light came down to their backyard, and they reported a 10-foot alien and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you hear about that? Uh, yeah, I, I remember the police got involved, and you know people were describing the alien, uh, and then uh, they were just you know coming up with these numbers that it was 10 feet tall. Um, and I don't know, man. It just sounds like it's too coordinated to me. I mean, you mentioned that, I, I would have to agree. You mentioned that, uh, that people like to, that people want, there are people that are, that are people starving for attention, right? And that should say something about the American psyche, right? We are people that rely on technology and social media and our psyche is drawn towards a, a hunger for attention. And this should, this should put out a red flag to us, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, th- I sure. think, if anything, it even supports Sagan's point, pathology. I think you're right, man. I think you're right. I think this, this, I, this need for attention or this need to cause uh, public to draw attention to what you're concerned about or what um, maybe st- a story that you're wanting everybody to cut up, get caught up with. Uh, that just, and history has shown, right? That there's instances of hysteria that the public buys into, that when we become hysterical, uh, when we become uh, super invested in, in this thing and it turns out not to be true or it turns out to be less than what was uh, advertised, that yeah. we hype it up for nothing. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a strange phenomenon. And I think... Everybody can get wrapped into it very easily, you know? Um, Absolutely. And it's very easy to do it. I mean, we just went over uh, several scenarios in our 
or several anecdotal uh, stories of our own personal life. And certainly it's, it's strange where it's strange how fear, superstition and everything comes to play and it just messes with you. And um, it's just it's just so strange. It's strange. Absolutely. So I think just to kind of wrap up our thoughts, uh, I think for me, it's let's be imaginative about what is possible out there. Uh, we've only uh, explored a fraction of the universe. So possibilities are still endless. Um, I, I like that we're thinking about what happens. What, what, one, is interstellar travel still possible for us? That's like a pipe dream. That's a that's a dream that's long in, into the future. But I, I like that we are still thinking about how would aliens perceive us and what type of reception would we get? Not only just as posed for us, right? Not us receiving them, but them receiving us. Absolutely. Um, I think aliens or no aliens, uh, we need to work on being a more mature and a critically thinking people, right? A people that can keep their, uh, their heads on their shoulders and decipher what lies before us, right? And definitely not regress to the darkness of superstitions and hearsay. All right, man, let's call it. All right. Uh, well, I would like to remind everybody to realize your realization of reality. Uh, let's work on raising our own individual levels of consciousness and realize that being aware can lead you to care, right? Um, and I think it's very important, especially in today's society. Wow, deep words from Mr. Cynical over here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the, the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists has the doomsday clock at 90 seconds to midnight. Let's make every effort to be a little bit more conscious of one another. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the Fifth Dimension Podcast on Podbean, Spotify, and Amazon Music. The, the Fifth Dimension Podcast team is Jose Rivas, the consultant. Luis Rivas, script supervisor, music composer, and co-host. Juan Rivas, producer, editor, and co-host. The Fifth Dimension Podcast is a production of the Authentic Voices Network, LLC.